8.04 a.m. Here's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Chris Mortensen breaks the story. Peyton Manning is expected to announce his retirement this week. Retirement is the word, not retirement. Uh, Matt Niskanen scored 236 into overtime last night to give the Capitals a 2-1 victory over the Bruins at TD Garden. With the OT loss, the Bruins took a three of a possible four points in facing the Western Conference-leading Blackhawks and Eastern Conference-leading Caps. Biggest takeaway from the game, however, was that Kevin Miller was taken to the hospital after a second-period hit from behind from Alexander Ovechkin. Looked like Miller might have injured that right shoulder that ended his season last year. Bruins now sit a point behind the Panthers and three points behind the Lightning. They'll play those very teams Monday and Tuesday in Florida, respectively. And in AHL news, Zach Ronaldo now suspended in two leagues at once. The former Flyer was suspended indefinitely after he uh, threw a hit to the head of a player in his first game with Providence Friday. Ronaldo was waived last week, played in Boston that night that he was waived on Sunday, threw a suspendable hit on Cedric Paquette, was suspended five games the next day, and sent to Providence. Uh, the Celtics fell to the Cavaliers Saturday to snap a five-game winning streak. They'll be back in action Wednesday when they host the Grizzlies at TD Garden. Weather, 31 degrees and partly cloudy. Sunday skate continues next. The second hour is the best hour. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Lace them up. Lace them up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEI.com's DJ Bean. Sunday Skate Hour 2, can you believe it? What a first hour we had. If you missed it, then it sucks to be you because it was hilarious. Welcome back. I'm DJ Bean, Pete Blackburn, Joe McDonald, Matt Loper in the hizzy. You can be in the hizzy as well. I haven't given out the number yet. So if you missed the first hour, you didn't miss that. Uh, 617-779-7937. You can also jump in the live chat. Go to WEI.com on the left there. It'll be a little space where you can... Click using your your cursor, your mouse, and jump right in there. Uh, we're talking Kevin Miller. We're talking everything. We're talking trade deadline. We're talking Bruins. We're talking Joe McDonald. We're talking everything in the live chat. So get in there and just really have some fun. It's on WEI.com. Uh, Mike in the live chat says, Riley Smith already has 21 goals this season. Why is no one talking about how bad that trade was? Fair point, Mike. Kevin uh, Riley Smith for uh, Riley Smith, I should say, and Mark Savard's contract for Jimmy Hayes straight up. The Panthers have won that trade to this point. I think at the time, uh, people kind of knew there was a very strong possibility that Riley Smith is a better player than Jimmy Hayes. I would say overall, Riley Smith is a better player than Jimmy Hayes. So I'm not totally surprised. And we said before the season that we wouldn't be surprised if he had a good season this year because there's no pressure. No pressure. I thought that Riley Smith was going to have a good season in Boston when when the Bruins traded all those guys at the draft. I was like, well, Bruins are going to suck this year. And you know who's going to lead them in goals? Riley Smith. Because no one's going to be watching and no one's going to care. I also didn't think that Florida would be in as good of a <laughs> position a that they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good on Riley Smith. He went down there where... There's no pressure on him, and look, Riley Smith's a good player. We get into this thing of if someone's not exactly what we thought they would be, that 
he can't play. Blake Wheeler couldn't play. He was such a bad player. They had to get rid of him. Who is the best player involved in any of the Bruins deadline deals in 2011? None of the guys that came back. Chris Kelly was obviously a huge piece. Rich Peverly was obviously a mammoth piece. But overall, look at all the guys that were moved in and out in 2011. No doubt, Blake Wheeler's the best of those guys. So just because the Bruins trade a guy does not mean they were a bad guy, a bad player, as we've kind of learned with maybe that Tyler Sagan fellow. But Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel, pretty good player. Dougie Hamilton, we're not really seeing it yet in Calgary, but... Kessel left off the World Cup. Yes. Oh, I want to talk World well, Cup all day. Well, those aren't finalized yet. So Prelims. All right. Oh, I, and you're, do you you're have a talking scoop that to, you're, not, yeah. you're not? No, no, no. All I'm saying is this. Is everybody's like, oh, no, he, he'll be on the roster. Yes, there's still a possibility by June 1st that Phil Kessel will be on the World Cup roster. I'm willing to bet that there is no way he's on that roster because two of the coaches on Team USA's coaching staff know him pretty well. You have Mike Sullivan, who's now coaching the Penguins, sees him every day, coached against him for years, and you have Scott Gordon, who was an assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs while Kessel was there. So you have two guys, forget about advanced scouts. So you you're suggesting that by knowing Phil Kessel, the chance if 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 Phil I'm sorry, if you're Phil Kessel and somebody knows you, Your that's not good for you. It's pretty much. <laughs> if someone's interacted with you or met you in then. the in the room, see how you deal with your teammates, how you deal with the players. Mm. I'm not saying that, you know, Mike Sullivan and Scott Gordon make that call, but I'm just saying, I mean, obviously it's a collective decision here. And if they're looking for the best players to win the World Cup, because, look, they want to win that thing next yeah. year, without a doubt. Everybody wants to. So what do you do with Phil Kessel? I mean, what do you do with him? I mean, there are other options out there that guys that would probably want it a little little more than, than Phil would. I don't know. Well, you think Pete, what are you gonna... makes Team Canada? I think there's one way Marshan makes Team Canada, and that is if it's number 37 – says to the management team, Brad Marchand is going to play, and he's going to be on my and he line. can put in a good word with number 87 because number 87 loves number 37 in the, these international competitions. Exactly. So. Think about, you know, when I was writing about it the other day, and we all kind of, I think we kind of take Bergeron's international accomplishments Prowess, for granted. yeah. It's sick. Yeah. You're talking two he's gold won, medals. He's yeah. won a gold medal in like every international tournament. There is, and this is a great trivia question. And someday when Bergeron's career is over, there is one, well, two. He should have won it. He should have won the Cola Trophy, but he didn't injure Raycroft, beat him for that. Yes. That, that rookie year. Raycroft I mean, should have won that year. Raycroft had a phenomenal season yeah. that year. I still would have, I still probably would have gone with, with Bergeron. Um, but other than that, non-NHL, there's one thing that he has not won. Uh, junior hockey. He didn't win World Juniors? No, no, no. Oh. I think Memorial Cup. Oh, okay. So out of his resume, yeah. the Memorial Cup's the one thing he hasn't won. You're talking two Olympic gold medals, two gold medals in the, in the World Championships, and a gold medal and MVP in the World Juniors. And that was the year that he was 18, the year well, of the lockout, yeah. and he played with Sid. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, those guys respect him. And, and if he says, look, I want Marshan to play. Yeah. And Marsh even kind of like hinted at that the other day when someone asked him, uh, was it you? I think you had asked him because my question was just stupid. Oh, we but, can get to that. But 
uh, somebody had asked him, oh, yeah, have uh, have they contacted you? Yeah. And he's like, no, no, they don't call me, but I don't know. Why don't you ask Berger on that? Yeah, I asked, do they call uh, fringe players who like just missed the cut to kind of keep your spirits high or think like you're not out of it yet completely, so just keep plugging away or whatever? <laughs> and he was like, nope, not me at least. Uh, your question to him was a question worth asking. Joe asked Marchand, um, uh, do you th- – All right, wait, you- wait. Let, let me kind of preface okay. this for a second. So there are certain things that I've learned over my career about asking athletes questions. And there's one thing, especially with certain guys, is that there are trigger words that you don't want to use. You don't want to use anything kind of negative. Like, like one thing – the one that I hate is, you know, how frustrated are you? Well, yeah. no kidding. They just – you just lost, or you just right. didn't play well. So of course I'm frustrated. Take me through that play that I also saw. I know it's ridiculous. How does it feel to lose? Yeah, right. you know exactly. So frustrating that you didn't win. So I went into it and I just I couldn't get the question out the way I wanted it to come out. And DJ thankfully kind of stepped in and and said, "But go ahead, DJ." So you said. <laughs> uh, when they're making a decision on which players to put with the rest of those players. And you consider that you have such a great reputation throughout the league. And he said it like that, like with making the very sarcastic face of like, you have such a great reputation with all these guys. They love you so much. Do you think that maybe that plays a factor in getting left off? So he was basically saying. <laughs> and then he looked at me like, you pissed all of these guys off at some point before. <laughs> yeah. You either cheap shotted one of their teammates or you cheap shotted them. Do you think that's why they don't want you on the team? And Marshand. Great answer, though. Did not know what he was talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. He he's like, so wait, because the best part was he had his head down and he kind of does the you know the little yeah. tell. He looked at me. He's like, wait, like help me or hurt me? Yeah. And then that's when you said you pissed people off. And right. then Calman said something that we can't say on the radio. He called you a penis. Yeah, pretty much. No, no. He said that. Not he me. Said, he said Joe's right. calling you a right. D I. Well, there you go. And so, and then, CK. but his answer, he, like he he gave a great answer. You know, he basically said, look, we're all competitive in different yeah. ways in this league. And when we're put in a position to play together, then all that stuff, you know, should be put aside. And he's right. He's one of those players. He's like an Andrew Shore, too. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks. Sure. Sure. Andrew Shore. <laughs> I know. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, Carl. You know what? All the NHL guys Sorry. make fun of me all the time. It's like. We had a bet last year. And, and you're I such picked... an Andrew Shaw guy, so you probably say his name so often. I know, but, like, yeah. Shaw! So <laughs> it was – but he, Marshy is one of those guys that you want on your team, without a doubt, yeah. but he's one of those guys that you hate to play against. And I think that Team Canada in the 11th hour, I think, will finally realize – we want to win this thing, and it's not like it's on international well, he ice. Third in scoring this season, yeah. And, and in the Olympics, Better Bippy, you know, he should be on right. There. But you know, in the Olympics and all the international tournaments, you're talking an Olympic size sheet. Yeah, this is not. This is a regulation North American sheet at the Air Canada Center. Yeah. So you know what? So to answer your question, Pete, after ten minutes, is I think he does. I think he lands on on Team Canada, and I think Bergeron probably has a lot to do with that. A uh, quick shout out. Um, I met. One of my favorite bands this past week, uh, Rara Riot. Check them out. Uh, and they're all huge hockey guys. Uh, actually, one of them was a big Bruins fan. Another one's a big Devils fan. So we discussed the Lee Stempniak trade from every angle. 
And they were saying that they are super hyped on the – this is, like, how I'm name-dropping them. But they were saying that they're, like, really excited for the World Cup of Hockey. And I feel like nobody's not completely amped on the World Cup of Hockey. Really? Like nobody – I don't, I don't think don't... anyone looks at it and they're like, this is going to be stupid. I think I look at the the – the kids' team jerseys, and I think that they're stupid. But you know, I like. Other them. than that, I like all the uniform, all the sweaters. I like them I, all. except for Team Europe. Team Europe was trash. Oh my god, Team Europe's awesome. Oh god. So Seidenberg was wearing his because they yeah. were taking their pictures the other day. Uh, a the Czech jersey is fire flames. I like. I they're like all sweet. pretty good, and yeah. like I was. You little, ranked them I was, for yeah, up I, was, yes. I was a little worried. Uh, that Adidas was going to screw everything up and stick those triple stripes all over them. Right. But they, they I did think a pretty good job. all the jerseys, for the most part, are good. I don't like the North American ones. I like the North American ones. It looks ones. like basically they're just wearing pads and nothing over it. It looks like... No, those yeah. are, I like those. I, the, I, the logo is a little suspect, but I, I like the jersey itself. Sweden's sick. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's what it is all the time. I think that... And Team, check, Team out, check out Pete's uh, rankings of them on... Up rocks for no other reason of you'll you'll at least see pictures of all of them. But I think I remember when I saw the picture of the team Europe jerseys. I was like, eh. And then I saw it up close, and I was like, that thing is fire. Yeah, that, they're like if nice. it were socially acceptable for me to own and wear around hockey jerseys, I'd get a team Europe one. It's like a it's like a cooler version of the Canucks jersey. You can you can do that. It's not like you cover them. You know, you right? Can, you know, I mean, I I have other. I was actually wondering hats and stuff that I wear that just on Bruins related. I was actually wondering, and maybe we can do a Kickstarter for this. Uh, I wanted Pete to get a Kevin Miller Team USA uh, jersey customized. <laughs> oh God! Would you wear that? You have a, you have a Phil Kessel uh, like American Hero T shirt or something? Yeah, I have a bunch of Phil Kessels. <laughs> You're a Phil Kessel fan, are you? Yeah, well, I, I. You're like a more so Phil like, Kessel. Yeah, fan, more right? so like Mocking the meme you. Phil Kessel. I would take <laughs> Kevin Miller. Version. I would take Kevin Miller on my team over Phil Kessel oh, any day, <laughs> um, any day. No, I think. Uh, I think that you know you think that people are amped. I don't think people are are amped. I'm getting more sold on it, uh, like by the day. But I think that people are kind of like in between. I think it's going to be a thing that people well, don't what? really care about, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Once I think it's going to be drops, super cool. Once puck drops, fans are going to be like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" Because all the players. All the players that I've talked to about it, they've said the same thing: is that they're they're jacked for it. They yeah. can't wait because, and a lot of them are saying that it it will be better than the Olympics, only because there are certain teams that get watered down in the Olympic competition. This is going to be the best of the best in the world, and I really like the setup of it. I love the the Young Guns team, you know, Team North America. I mean, how much fun is that team going to be? They've got no pressure on whatsoever, and they want to stick it to everybody else. Well, I think the World Cup, I mean, the the Olympics takes itself super, super seriously. And so you have the World Cup, and you got, like, the Young Guns team, and you have, you know, Team Europe. And uh, DJ brought up a somebody, did you say somebody brought up the idea that yeah, they should Steve have Yeah, Steve Dangle, Sportsnet. That they should have an over 35 team? It should team. be a 30. I'm actually pulling that up right now because uh, Roberto Luongo tweeted when the rosters came out, Basically saying like, oh wait, they didn't make a thirty-five or older team. I thought I was going to get to play in this, uh, in this tournament. And someone, uh, yeah, Steve Dangle of Sportsnet made a roster of what an over thirty-five team would look like, and he was suggesting that you do it instead of having like Team Europe and all this stuff. It's a pretty sick roster. So 
uh, it would be, at least according to to this one kind of mock-up, the Sedins, Yager, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Aginla, Thornton, Marlowe, uh, Marion Hosa, Chara, Markov, Luongo, Ryan Miller, like... That's they a, could they could definitely a ice a good roster. team. Yeah. yeah, they would. I tell you who they would lose to, and that would be the the kids team. Team North America. But they would they would hang in there against a lot of those teams. I wish they would do that. And you know that we would all root for that team too. Everyone would be pulling for the old guys. Then you'd have to put. Uh, then you'd have to add another team. So what would be the makeup of the tenth team? Or you could just not do Team Europe. What was that? Was that the? Yeah, the... it would be. Yeah, because like Chara, so Chara would be on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be sick. And a lot, I mean, a lot of these guys, like Aginla, could play in this tournament. Of course he could. You know, but he's not going to play on Team Canada mm-hmm. with how insanely sick they're going to be. PK Subban, by the way, not a great job uh, putting in his submission no. to be on the final last roster night. last night. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Speaking um, of gifts, I'm. I'm Fired up for it. I mean, I can't yeah. wait. And I, I actually want to go. That, I want them to make it like a complete spectacle. Yeah. Like the, like I said, the Olympics takes itself super seriously. I want to see the World Cup just yeah. go all in on the fun. Yeah. It, I want like I want to go to that as a fan. I want to, and it won't happen. But I want to talk Bradford into being like, let me go and cover it, but not really write anything and just go and maybe get me tickets instead of passes and yeah that's what i want to do um i want to go to that as a fan and i'm not just saying this because it's it's an espn you know they they have the broadcast rights but i'm so i am jacked for this i really am i mean it's going to be so much fun you're talking about the best players in the world playing at that stage and and i i was talking to somebody recently about it and they kind of said the same thing that, that Pete said. Well, you know, I'm really not sold on it yet. Like, you know, how can you get into this a tournament in September? And I kind of compared it to the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the not the World Cup of Baseball, the uh, World Baseball Classic during spring training. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, hockey players, uh, baseball players. I'm sorry, wanted but no I needed to part see of that. that. I needed to see Matt Manti represent Italy. <laughs> I needed to. Half the well, yeah, half the half the guys represent Italy were American. <laughs> And, nobody, you know, nobody I could have played. Had anything to do with Italy? That I could have played for the that. Irish team if I wanted right. to. You know, it's crazy. They, um, but baseball players weren't into that. They were like, "This is just going to screw up spring training." Like baseball players aren't into anything. We don't want to. But hockey players, these guys, are, they can't wait for this thing. You know, and the cool thing is, is that as of right now, I mean, I'm going to be in Finland and or Sweden in August for training camp. I and am hella jelly. I was at uh, Tarrytown this past week for the Team Sweden announcement. Yeah. And, you know, the coaching staff uh, was there and the management staff and Lundqvist came out. And Lundqvist, I mean, you can tell, like, this means a lot to him. Yeah. And he wants to because win. Because he might get to win something. Right. And he, and he said it. He's like, look at our roster. Like, we have a really good yeah. chance of winning this thing. And I, just the way he described. You know who competes very well internationally? Mike, Louis Erickson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and we were talking about, and they were going through the roster, and they were given the strengths of each of the players that were going to be on Sweden. And both uh, the coach and Lundqvist basically said that Louis Erickson is one of the most cerebral players, you know, in the National Hockey League. Yeah. That he, here's a guy that can just slow the game down when he needs to slow it down, and or speed it up, and just be in the right place at the right time, and 
and the way Lundqvist described Sweden overall was, you know, it, we we have systems, but we just kind of go out there and figure out as we go. Yeah, like that's how smart you know European players are, or how differently Europeans play the game. So it's going to be interesting to see the European teams in this type of of setting where it's a regular North American sheet rather than the big international one where they have more room and more time and space. But I'm, I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. The Bruins held on to a European player, a Swedish player, if you will, to to borrow the uh, inflection from Tom Green. Uh, and Louis Erickson, what do you guys think about them not trading Erickson, about them keeping him unsigned, about them going out and spending draft picks at the trade deadline. We will talk to that. We'll get to that next in your calls. Sunday Skate on WEEI. If you had wanted to sell, could you have done that? Is, or is there some sort of edict from ownership where playoffs are bust type thing? It's about the right deal. And, you know, this team has performed as such that we're in, a, we're in a pretty good position if we can take care of business between now and the end. And I think that's important. Uh, we've said all along that I think we're going to be a very competitive hockey club and expect to be in playoff positioning, and we hope to maintain that you know, between the next 19 games. And whether that's proving ourselves right or other people wrong doesn't really matter what the motivation is. All right, Calman, I hear you, Matt Calman, asking that question. The banger of a question. Calman bringing the heat. At least uh, he got his question out. What's it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back here at Sunday Skate talking to Louis Erickson. Credit where credit is due. Sunday Skate broke the uh, the story. The Bruins were keeping Louis Erickson. Our very own Joe McDonald had it first that the Bruins did not trade Louis Erickson and that they kept him. So a tip of the cap to Pete one Blackburn. Pete Blackburn. For he had it. That story. He had it twenty minutes before me. You had it like literally like a second and a half. We should we should have done that. Like everything that we heard, instead of reporting it ourselves, we should have texted to Pete and been like, "Report this." And everyone would be like, "Why is Pete getting all this stuff?" Sunday skate, right? Sunday skates, Pete Blackburn. Yeah, <laughs> Pete Blackburn just crushing it. But yeah, the Bruins uh, decide to hold on to Louis Erickson, not trade him. Cam Neely uh, said on the other station to my dear friend Mike that. The Bruins were not offered a first-round pick, nor were they offered two second-round picks for Louis Erickson. So they decided to hold on to him. I have zero problem with that. Well, there's a difference between they weren't offered and they weren't getting back what they wanted. So I think that, not that I think, but a league source had told me, and I I reported this, was that they were shopping him hard. Yeah. And they were looking for either a top four, a top six, and a second-rounder. and teams just weren't going to do that. Uh and I think that's what it came down to and even if they're if they were asking for a first, how many first how many first rounders went? Uno. And the Andrew Ladd, right? Yes, it was Andrew the, Ladd. Right, it was the only one. But 2 seconds went for Stall and I'd rather have 2 seconds than a first. And we've talked about this yeah. in the past and and you wrote that was it last season you wrote that about, you know, how second rounders are actually more important. If than, you, yeah, if you can get to, if you're dealing with a contender, absolutely. I'd yeah. rather have the I'd rather have the 50th two years in a row than the 25th. So so here, so here, now what happens? All right, We all know what happened last week. So now where do the Bruins go from here? If they get, they're obviously in the playoff structure by all in, indications at this point with you know less than 20 games to go. 
then you would think that they're going to earn a playoff spot. In order to go on a deep run, you need Louis Erickson because he's been one of your best players yeah. the entire season. In order to even get there, I would say, yeah. Right, and to get there and you know for a, a possible deep run if, if they're able to get there. Then what happens? Do you still try to come to an agreement with him, which I think that the sides will. They'll continue to talk. Who knows if they've talked since last Monday. I mm-hmm. doubt it, but uh, maybe they have. They will continue those talks, try to get them signed. Do I think they do the Bruins get to where Louie wants to be? I don't think that happens. Do you trade well, The question him? becomes, does anybody else get to I where th- he wants yeah, to be? Yeah, I, I think so. I still think so. I think that people look yep. at the Bolesky thing and they say, oh, well, everyone thought Bolesky was going to get a ton of money and he didn't. Well, or two different players. Two completely different players, but also like the track record is there with Erickson. I think that Erickson is the guy that you would spend on. And a lot of people say now, Okay, well, if teams weren't offering a ton for Louis Erickson in the trade market, that means that Erickson isn't that good and that everyone in Boston is overrating him and that he's not that good a player. To that, I will say, uh, if you've seen me at all on Comcast in recent weeks, I will freely admit that I'm probably overrating Louis Erickson to counter what an idiot my friend Mike is being about Erickson because, according to, to my friend Felger, Unless Erickson scores a goal, he has a bad game. So he, like he's invisible. If he if he goes two three games without a goal, he's sucked the last three games. Meanwhile, no. he's been the best player on the ice. Right. Watch <laughs> watch. I almost swore. Watch the game. Watch what he does. And maybe we overstate uh, what he does when he doesn't have the puck. I don't think that we do. I think that without the puck, he's one of the better players on the ice. Why are the Bruins always in the offensive zone when Erickson's on the ice? Is it a coincidence? Is he getting a lot of offensive zone starts? No. He's breaking up passes in the neutral zone. He's breaking up passes in the defensive zone. I talk about this guy's stick stick at length. He is one of the better possession-driving players that the Bruins have. I don't think that we're overrating the things that he does when he's not in the offensive zone. So I think that he's a very good player. Is he... A total game breaker? Is he a flashy player? No, but he's very important to what the Bruins are trying to do. And I think that the Bruins are right for not selling low on him. If you're only going to get a second round pick, if you're going to get a second and a third or something like that, screw it. Hold on to him and try to sign him. Well, and here and here's the other thing though, is that okay, try to sign him, and which they will try to do. But there are probably other GMs around the league that were saying, okay, look where the Bruins are. They're not going to move him for what they will get in return. They're going to hang on to him. Then, prior to the draft, that's probably when other teams can come in and say, all right, we'll deal with you now for Louis Erickson's rights. Yeah. And then we'll try to sign him. But those deals typically don't get a lot in return. So yeah, so so you get a, a sixth or a seventh round pick typically. I wouldn't be surprised if they got a fourth round pick for Erickson's rights. Would that be too crazy? If you could flip him with a condition of uh if the player is signed before July 1st, like it's a sixth round pick and if the player is signed before July 1st, you get a fourth round pick. Kabanga, sign me up. I yeah. would do something like that. Would you go Five or six years on. Well, that's on the, the deal question. That he wants. Now, what would you if sign the Bruins, him for? Yeah, Bruins. 
So they're offering four years in the low fives. Um, I don't think I'd go five or six years. I've said all along I would think five times 5.75 would get it done. Here's a question I ask you guys. If Erickson would take five times 5.25, would you do it? 5.25 is is a good cap. That is – I would. A, do, I think I would do that. I would do it's that. Really manageable. Now I don't. Th- he I don't, will not do that. I don't think that Erickson would. I <laughs> he think will that, not do that. I that, would absolutely do it. I think that Erickson would go to market if if that's the best you could do. I think Erickson would probably go to market. But if he would take that, and that's a huge, huge if, I would do that if I'm the Bruins. And it, it and there are other ways to maybe if he wants not that if I mean he wants that six million dollar range. I mean there are ways to get to that. You know whether you. Building incentives into that deal, you know, I mean, they, there's there's ways to maybe figure it out. Uh, going back to to a Ginla, I mean, sure, the Bruins well, that was wanted a 35 or older situation, right, and the Bruins wanted to keep him, yeah, and they couldn't because of the cap. But Shirelli was trying to figure out how they could be creative, be creative, yeah. And I mean, there are ways. I mean, do I? No, I don't know how to do it, but I mean, there are ways to be creative. And maybe you can go that route with Erickson. Maybe you can't. I don't know. But you have to, the Bruins would have to get into that $6 million range for five or six years because that's what Louie wants. Would you do it? If, that, if it's like five, six, 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 would you, would you do it? No. No. I wouldn't go to six no. a year for him. And I'm hesitant to even go to five years. I think that it's the contract he deserves. Uh, was it? I don't know if we've if we've had a show since I wrote this, so I don't want to mention the same thing I wrote twice. But I can see why the Bruins would think that they're not the team that should give him that contract. Like I understand that they're trying to bring up all these young wings, and they don't want Vetrano and eventually Seneshin and Debrusque and all these guys being blocked by Louis Erickson. But I still think if you're trying to be an okay team if you're trying to contend during this sort of rebuild, retool that they're doing. You need to have stabilizing forces like Erickson. Uh, I don't want to put. I don't want to force Scott to write this too too quickly because once I mention it, either he has to write it or somebody else will write it. Uh, Scott McLaughlin made a really good point last night that Patrice Bergeron, although he's probably the Selkie favorite this season, Erickson and Marchand are both good sulky candidates this season and for as wacky of a defensive season as the Bruins have had where the hell would they be if they didn't have Marsh and and Erickson as these two two-way monsters that they've had so Erickson I still really explore trying to sign and keep if I'm the Bruins and if they end up letting him walk for nothing or just flipping his rights before uh before the start of free agency, yeah, that's a huge loss uh, when you compare it to the first-round pick or two seconds that you would have liked to get for him. But if what they're saying is true and they weren't getting offered that stuff, I don't blame them one iota for holding on to him. I know that we said at the beginning of the season that would have been the worst-case scenario to let him walk for nothing to do the Soderberg thing, but if you're not going to get that package, then... How deep of a run do you think they have to make for fans fans to say, you know... That was a good move holding on to him. Well, it, this could go back to... Win a playoff round, I would say. Just one? I would say so. 
For me, I would. I uh, no, I would say you have to. You would get have to, the to at finals. least get to the conference finals, which is crazy because getting to the conference finals is such a dream come true in any city. Now, in a rebuilding year, to well, I guess no, you can't call it a rebuilding year anymore because they bought. But when Shirelli traded Boychuk, everybody was saying you should have just held on to him. Yep. I mean, he's and I agreed with that point then. Is that yes, they should have held on to Johnny Boychuk to see what they can get out of that season because that window was closing. And I think that that's and that's why I said it at the start of, of our season on the show. It's like they're not going to trade Louis. And even up to last week, it was I didn't know what to think because it was such a strange predicament for the Bruins to be in, yeah. given the situation. So I'm glad that you know from a, that they held on to him from a team standpoint because obviously he makes that team better. But it, here was the point I was going to make. So he's he has the potential to score 30 goals. Yes, he's okay. at, what, 23? He's at 20, uh, 24, I th- oh, okay. 23, 24. But he has the potential to get to 30. If Milan Lucic, last season, what did he have last year? <clears throat> last 18. season, he had 18 goals. Yeah. If there was potential of him being a 30-goal scorer last season, do you think the Bruins trade him? No. They keep him. Right. Okay. So, and... Without a doubt, Milan Lucic. He's the Ken Laird term own rental. Yeah, He'd be well, like their own yeah. rental. Which okay. is the yeah. stupidest term ever, by the way. But, Ken's an, I hate Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Ken. You should have invited no, him in Ken. today. But do you think they sign him? Uh, do they give him an extension? If last Milan, summer before last they summer, go If Milan Lucic no. scored 30 goals last no. year. No. no. And no. there was potential that he could come back for another type of that season. No, you I don't think, think it's that Sweeney, despite being completely... Peter Shirelli. I think Sweeney was trying to be the anti Shirelli. So, no, I don't think he would have done that. Okay. I think it's, it's even more reason to trade him if he scores right. 30 goals last year. So because, more for him. Okay. So, if he comes back. But he'd be trending back in the right direction. So, and the reason you trade him is because he's trending downward. And then he comes. And, and that's part of the reason why they dealt him. Yeah. One was because he was trending down. Yeah. They weren't going to give him that money. Right. And I probably Cam maybe lost a little faith in him. Okay. So, those are three huge factors. Okay. Louis Erickson's probably going to get to 30. If not, he's had an unbelievable year. Yeah. They're not going to give him the money that he wants. And, and I mentioned this last week. And Not Cam's guy? Not Cam's guy. Yeah. If he would, and here's my point. If Milan Lucic scored 30 goals last year, the Bruins make the playoffs, they go on a run, they don't sign him to an extension, they bring him back this season, they don't trade him, he comes back and has another big, big year, I think they give him. A, I think they give him the contract that he was looking for. Hmm. If they have the cash base, if Donnie moves Hamilton out, doesn't give him the money, yeah. and depending on what else they do, if they're going to spend the money, here's the point: if it comes down to either giving the money to a player like Louis Erickson, yeah. or giving the money, everything being equal, giving the money to Milan Lucic, I think the Bruins would rather give it to a guy they like Milan Lucic. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they're just because they're they're obsessed with that kind of player. Exactly. But they ended up making the right move by not keeping Lucic and by bringing in Bolesky, who puts up close enough numbers and plays a similar, similar style, style of game. Absolutely. I mean, I would rather have Milan Lucic on my team any day over Matt Bolesky, but for the contract and the numbers and everything, I'm, I I still give give Don Sweeney credit for that. No, I, um, no, absolutely. I'm just I was trying to make the comparison of. 
what type of player that they would give that they would give that money to. If you're talking the 2010-2011 Milan Lucic, who does put up 30 goals and leads a team to a Stanley Cup championship, oh, that's then absolutely. So if Louis Erickson, you know, Pete just brought up the point. Now, at which point do you do that? If the Bruins get into the playoffs, go on a deep run. Say if they get to the conference finals. Say if they get to the finals. You know, Louis' stock is skyrocketing, and it's like, well, damn, do we? Do we sign him now? But I still don't think that they give him that type of money that that he wants because I don't think he is the type of player that they want to give that type of money to. All right, I'm going to throw out some numbers at you guys. Tell me whether or not you would do it. So I said five times five to five. Would you do that for Erickson? Yes. I would do that. Uh, Four times six. Would you do that for Erickson? Basically, it's the same thing. I wouldn't. It's it's basically the same thing. It just it's less term. I would definitely do four times six. I would maybe even rather do four times six than five times five two five. I would really? rather I would rather have less less shorter years. term. Even yes. though even though I'm still not worried about Erickson dropping off, uh, I would rather give him the high cap hit for the shorter term because it also I mean, they've got the money to spend and it also alleviates whatever concerns they would have about. Oh, we don't want to be signing a guy in his 30s to a 5-year contract. They're not giving him they're not giving him 6 years. They're not giving him 6 million dollars a year exactly. on a long-term contract, but I would try to shoot for the higher cap hit on the shorter term if I'm them. And I'm sure that they are. I'm sure they're throwing that at him because that's the type of money that they would give that type of player. I don't know, Louis Erickson making 6 million dollars at 34 years old is not well. It depends great. on where the cap goes, and obviously the the future of the cap is not great right now because the Canadian dollar blows at the at the moment. But I got ten Canadian in my pocket. You want it? <laughs> I'll trade you for this cup of coffee. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get, do the last segment of Sunday Skate for the entire week until after this next segment. You're not gonna even hear the show until a, a week from now. So you're gonna want to hear this Sunday Skate on WBEI. Yes. Shout out to the 1975. We're pretty much trying to recreate this song with uh, their single Love Me. This is, of course, the classic Peter Gabriel tune, Sledgehammer. Maddie kills it. And I'm going to tell you a little something about me. I get down to this. This is like, this This is my scene. When you here. get, when you mean get down, like, no, forget it. He doesn't no, get down. No, I don't like that. <laughs> What's getting down? (laughs) (laughs) Down for dinner in time? I don't know. Yes, yes. When my parents say, get down here, the bus is leaving. (laughs) Yes. I love me, it's Peter Gabriel. Uh, All right, last segment of the week. If you want to squeeze in a last second call, 617-779-7937. Coming up next on uh, WEI is, I think, Butch Stearns and probably Bradford. You with Bradford, Butchie? Bradford, so you can check that out. That's going to be mesmerizing. So Bradford is in Fort Myers right now. Yes. And he's probably at JetBlue Park listening to us right now. Yes, he's probably drinking a cocktail of Red Bull and Diet Coke and coffee. And I miss those guys down there. You do? Yeah. I don't miss Bradford. Hopefully hopefully they went to Potts last night. Yeah, everyone talks about that Had a bucket of Bud Lights. Yeah. 
I want to do one spring training so I can at least know what you guys are talking about when you talk about all that. You stuff. know, it's, it, that that it's it's a lot of work. It really is. People are like, oh yeah, you go down spring training and you're in great weather and you're going golf and no, you're not. You're at the ballpark at seven a.m. You're not done until ten p.m. It's a long day. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted <laughs> there. Um. So. Quickly, before we head into the abyss for the next week, uh, we haven't talked much about the addition of Lee Stempniak. So, as you guys may recall, he lives in Boston, skates with Patrice Bergeron and all those guys in the summer, was part of that group, that veteran group, that went unsigned deep into the offseason, didn't have a contract as of September, and was... On a PTO. <laughs> on a PTO, he uh, wanted to sign with the Bruins. Bruins didn't offer him a contract. They offered him a PTO. He instead took a PTO with the Devils because he figured, I can make the Devils. Who knows what happens if I come in with the Bruins? They have so many wing wings that they brought in here. Maybe I don't have a good chance. So he went to the Devils. And, yeah, Don Sweeney at his press conference after the trade was saying, oh, well, we offered him a PTO, which... By the way, bad que- the guy who asked a question before me, I won't mention who it is. You can guess because I'm saying it was a bad job by this guy. He was asking him all about having Stempniak and skating with those guys, and he didn't ask whether or not the Bruins had offered him a PTO. Uh, Sweeney later clarified they offered him a PTO. He didn't take it. But I don't let the Bruins off the hook there because if they liked Stempniak enough to eventually trade a second-round pick for him, they could have just offered him a contract and then they would have had him. That was a wait-and-see, though. I mean, you have a guy who's been traded four times at the deadline, and now They traded a third-round pick for Zach Ronaldo instead of signing the guy. That's true. But in this case, he's had a solid season with the Devils. You're looking for someone to play on that wing with, with Bergeron possibly, as, yeah. as they're going into it. Connolly's not that guy at this point. Stepniak's having a really good year. He's another veteran presence, and you know how the Bruins do love those those veteran guys you know, at the deadline to bring in and, right. and kind of help out. So I think overall, if you look at the day, you kind of maybe you know scratch your head a little yeah. bit. But just that, just that deal right there, it's like, all right, Don. I, I mean, don't. That, that's a that's a good deal. So I don't I don't like it because they gave up the second. Yeah, round I pick. think they they overpaid for him. If they well, that's the th- so in any other year that would have been totally normal, right? Well, a well, second round pick for a guy for an okay player who's having a good season, clear rental, might walk at the end of the season. Who knows? Let's uh, see how he you, produces. You, you though. Give up a second and fourth round pick for that guy. That that's fine. That mm-hmm. happens every year. But in a season where the market for Louis Erickson isn't very high and people. People are they're not giving you a first or two seconds for him. Then you assume, okay, the market's down, so a guy like him should cost maybe uh, two-thirds or something like that. The only issue I have, aside from, like I said, buying and clogging those roster spots uh, from the young players, the only thing I mind that they traded was the, the second-round pick, right? You don't care about the third and fourth-round pick. No. It's just a, a chip I would have rather had in the offseason. So, uh, it doesn't like address the true area of need, which was defense. Yeah. Well, I think is, they kind of picked their spots there that the well, prices like for defensemen... If you can't get defense, you might as well improve your offense. Well, I mean, Chris Russell went for a potential first-round yeah. pick. Yeah. Boy, does that guy stink. <laughs> wow. wow. He is on Matt target is today. the MVP of today with the music. Love uh, it. Robert, we see you on the line. Do we have time to get to Robert, Matt? We do, or, or is he going to go to? Is he going to talk to Butch? What? 
Okay, Robert, how are you, my friend? Hey, am I on? You yes, are. you are. Awesome. Please, what's up? It's Rob Vogel. Um, Robert Vogel, what up? How's it going? Oh, do we do we put any do we put any credence to the uh, Jeff Israel rumor that the Bruins are not good when we play my house uh, before the game on uh, the uh, on the sound system? Well, the Bruins play a lot of stuff before home games, and it usually doesn't result in wins. They're still playing Bow with Bow, which Zach Ronaldo picked. No, and I think it's Bergeron. Bergeron, because what? that goes back to his rookie season when it was Brian Ralston that had all the music going. Really? And it was he wants all that music back from his rookie year, I believe. Really? All of like the the Eminem, the the Kid Rock, all that stuff. I think it's all Bergeron's Well, I know choice. they had to switch something up with the music for some reason cuz they were playing one song twice and Ronaldo was like, "What about why aren't we playing Ba with the Ba?" So maybe they, like that has some sort of connection to the team this year. Yeah. And uh yeah. Um so this was a fun and recently colorful show. Uh, I hope that everyone enjoyed it. Uh, Rob Bradford and Butch Stearns are next. We'll talk to you next week on Sunday Skate.